Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Dynamic Women, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host from Washington, D.C., Los Angeles. This is Sandra Beck, or, ah, sorry, Ben, sorry, I gotta do it again, I gotta back. start over again. (laughs) Sorry. What did you have? Coffee? Breakfast. Ah. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Dynamic Women. I'm coming to you from Los Angeles with my wonderful co-host, Linda Crater from Washington, D.C. And we're going down under today with two of our guests, Lorraine Hamilton from Wellington, New Zealand, and Claire Kerslick from Darwin, Australia. And we're going to round it out with Monica Beavis from Long Island, New York. And we're going to talk today about being present. Now, being present was something that I had to learn post-40. I spent my entire childhood dreaming about what could be. Then I spent my 20s and 30s building what would be. Then it all came crumbling down in my 40s where I spent a lot of time, you know, digging around in the past of what was. And now coming out the tail end of it, I finally recognized what it means to be present. And when I look around the soccer fields and the handbell concerts, I'm appalled at how many people are in their phones. They're working, right. they're, they're clearly thinking about something else. Like, have you ever had a conversation with someone and you know they're not there or they're thinking about what they have to do that day or they're thinking about what they're going to say next? And all of those I had to learn, because I did all of them, were big clues that I wasn't being present. And I had a general dissatisfaction with my life, even though I had lots of money, lots of friends, lots of um, all really good things. But I never seemed to get the juice out of life that some people did. And the key to me was being present. And once I learned how to be present, and my kids were the ones who thought taught me how to be present, life became so much richer, so much sweeter. I'm going to go over to Claire Kerslake and ask you about your experience with being present. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm a bit like you really, Sandra. Uh, spent so much time not being present and really... There's a, there's a saying, you know, stop and smell the roses. Well, I did not even see the roses. So coming around to actually being able to enjoy the moment and learn what that means has been, made a, a real difference in my life in terms of um, connecting to people, as you mentioned, in terms of enjoying the moment and not, not missing not missing those moments of my life. Lorraine. Yeah, um, very similar. This is quite a, it's quite a challenging topic, I think, Sandra, because we're all learning how to be present. We don't, we're not taught how to be present. We spend a lot of time um, either in the past or the, the future. And I'm still a student of 
becoming more and more present. And again, it's the kids that are the driver because you watch, I'm, my daughter's having her 13th birthday party this afternoon. Mm. And it's like, wow, 13 years. And you know, h- how much of that have I missed through working? And, you know, that was a big driver for me stepping out of my corporate role and and being fully in my um, my business so that I could be there for them um, in, during these teenage years and, and practice being present for them because it just passes in an instant. And, um, yeah, so I'm still still learning. I think it's it's something that where I'm going to continue to learn for a number of years yet, but definitely got some tools and strategies. But being in that moment, it's it really is a different experience than um, than being um, behind your phone. Like you say, I, I I share that same experience going to sports games and and people on their phones or even you know behind the camera. Right. Why? Why are we taking so many photographs when we could be taking those mental photographs and and experiencing those memories? You know, we don't need to be behind the phone. We could actually be experiencing the event itself. So, yeah, there's a a lot wrapped up in, in being present. This is Linda. I absolutely love the effect of being older and being able to see the difference in being, you you have more options when you're older. I think when you're younger and you're raising your children, yes, they bring you to that present moment because you can't focus on anything else. And that's a good thing. But you're also, I'll give you a story. Um, I remember getting home one day with the kids and saying, hurry up, hurry up, hop out of the car. Well, why? Why were we hurrying up and getting out of the car? There was no need to, but the driven go, go, go of the 30s and raising kids and working and juggling 95 things at once was the way it was. And I watched the difference now, and I don't think it's that different. The only thing is that we now tell our children, you know, don't blink. These moments will go quickly. You will not realize how fast your children grow up, and yet they are not doing it any differently than we did. If we looked at videos, they now are looking at social media and they are taking pictures all the time because they need to post those perfect moments. But I find it fascinating that as a new grandma, I find that I don't take pictures at all. I'm I'm only in them incidentally because I am in the moment with the children who will never be that way again. That age of innocence where there are no filters. They are just so delightfully in the moment and literal. I love it. Um, Well, here is me, Monica. So being present is, you know, it's something that most of us don't practice because we are so worried about the future, about what we are planning or what are the plans that we are, we have on the day-by-day basis and also we are living the past. I think that being present is really a practice. We need to practice it every, every day and it's not an easy practice because our brain works so fast or oh, at least, you know, I, I have ADD and I am a kind of person that truly need to practice that thing and I really practice it every day. It's like, living the present moment. And I am teaching that to my kids. Like, uh, you know, Linda said with the social media, 
and all our teenagers and tweens and even little kids, you know, mm -hmm. uh, even see a four-year-old handling the phone better than you do it and, you know, telling you <laughs> how to do. We, I didn't have that, you know, and uh, when I go to check the pictures from when I was a child, is, you know, the pictures that you used to go to the, to the store mm -hmm. and uh, take the little roll and print them and now they are yellow and, you know, it's different. And I teach my kids that, Yes, technology is okay, but they need to live that moment. You know, admire instead, like like you lady said, instead of taking that picture, you know, put it in your mind. It's gonna stay there, you know, forever. Uh, give hugs. Tell people that you love. Actually, I love you. Uh, don't let upsetting moments or difficult times to block you from expressing yourself. When you start to being present with positive attitude and with love, then that present is gonna become a happy past. I always said that and I keep, you know, learning that every single day. All right, I'm gonna jump in and say something that's contrary and unpopular, but very truthful in my world. Um, I can remember anything that I do in my work. But if you ask me to remember what happened yesterday, I got nothing. Um, and if I don't take, like, to me, there's a difference. Like, I do take what I call snaps, little snapshots. Like, I'll pick up my phone and I'll snap a picture of the baseball game. I'll snap a picture of the kids doing something funny. I'm not, you know, staging a photograph for social media, but I do take a lot of snaps. And as intelligent as I am in some areas, I have a really bad memory, even when I'm sitting present with the kids being fully present. And if I don't jot something down or take a snap of it, it kind of goes in one ear and out in the other. And then when I'm on an airplane, like I fly a lot, I sit there and I look through all these silly little snaps, little snapshots of our life. And I'm like, oh my God, I remember that. Oh, <laughs> and I'm laughing, you know, on the plane, like a crazy person, totally enjoying it. <laughs> But for some reason, it's not there. Like, you know, for Linda or Claire, you know, or, or, you know, Monica, if you don't have a brain that can recall that stuff, and I don't know, it's never been that way with me. And so I do take a snap of so many things. I'll take a snap of a funny chat in the, like our chat bar, you know, sidebar going down. Something's funny. I'll take a snap of it. Um, because that's the way I recall. And so I just want to put it out there that not all of us are like hyper photographing moms. Some of us are using it for our memories. Good point. It's yeah, absolutely. I, I am agree with that. I, you know, I have a good memory for certain things, but like you say, my daughter, for example, she takes snaps, Snapchats of beautiful things. And I am in shock how beautiful she does it, even with a simple iPhone. And it looks like a professional picture. And you say, okay, yes. There is certain things that we will not remember. Some we will, but some not. I I, I am agree with you actually. Yeah, but I think the difference is is I can watch the game, pick up my phone, take a snap by the side of my head. Um, I'm not looking at the camera. I'm not trying to post it on Facebook at that point. It's just like a little memory aid, mm -hmm. and then I'm fully present at the game. So I do think that there's there's little differences um, in this. I, Lorraine here, Sandra, I just want to jump in and say, I actually agree with you um, and wanted to further clarify my point, which was 
because I do something similar. I take a lot of snaps, but they never reach Facebook. They never reach social media. They're for me. But I think when you're present and you're not just looking at an event through your camera, you, you get that feeling. So it's actually the feeling that is the personal snapshot, which you're getting from watching the event and being involved in the event anyway. So um, actually being present at the event, I think we need to start talking about that mind-body connection and the fact that you're getting the feeling from being present, whereas when you're just on the um, thinking about what's the perfect shot, it's all, it's all in your head. And for me, that's the key to being present is that it's a feeling. I love we're going to have to go on a break. I'm so sorry that we have to do that. But we are visiting today with Lorraine Hamilton, Claire Kerslake, Monica Beavis, and Sandra and I are just delighted to host these women. We're talking today about being present. And we will come back and we will discuss how, what are our tricks to being present and how do we do that? So we will be back after a very short break. And you can find more information on Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We'll be right back. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The goal for each of us is to be active. Every day, I encourage you to get up and get moving. Put your body in motion and watch your mood change in a positive way. Your outlook on life improve, your energy increase, and many more affirmative things happen to you. Remember that you don't need to be an athlete in order to be fit. I hear that excuse quite a bit. Some people think that since they're not athletic, they can't be fit. Nothing could be further from the truth. It does not take athleticism to walk on a treadmill or outside. You don't have to be an athlete to swim laps in a pool or to take a yoga class. I'm not athletic, yet I am fit. So don't let your excuse for not being active be because you're not an athlete. No matter what your coordination level, you can be fit. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here on Dynamic Women Talk Radio with Claire Kurzlake, Lorraine Hamilton, Monica Beavis, and I am your host, Sandra Beck, along with Linda Crater, my lovely co-host, and we are talking today about being present, and as somebody on the spectrum, I have certain focus issues. I can focus really intently on certain things, and then many things go in one ear, out the other. And what I liked about what the lady said last segment is about you know, my little snaps. Those are capturing a feeling. They're capturing a moment in time. They're not intended for Facebook. They're not intended for anything other than my own remembering and enjoyment, and when I was practicing for the first time being present, I will be honest with you guys, I was, it was really hard for me. It was like a little kid in kindergarten that was told to sit on their hands because they fidget so much. That was me. And I was sitting there going, stay present, stay present, stay present, stay focused, stay, stay focused. <laughs> 
And then I would watch the, you know, I'd like watch the pitch and then I'd be like, oh, you know, I wonder what happened with the Yankees last night. I should go look up the score. And then the Yankees led to my dad. I wonder how my dad's doing. Did he watch the, and I'm stay focused, stay focused. I mean, it was like, if you guys saw what went on in my head, you'd be horrified. Um, But it was like wrangling horses or, you know, trying to wash cats to get that focus down so that I could stay present. And I still struggle with it a lot, but like any muscle, I get better at it. I'm going to go to uh, Linda Crater first because Linda and I are really big opposites. She's like my East Coast <laughs> snobby. Oh my gosh, do polite. not carry on. Oh, I'm going to do that. And then I'm like, you know, your hippie, goofy, you know, California <laughs> dingbat, but we both work really well together because I feel like we're flip sides of the coin. And I just have to share this, Linda. Linda's so great. She will send me emails for work with one email topic for subject line. She won't ask me like three different questions in an email because she knows I will just go bananas off the wall and come back with some completely irrelevant thing about nothing. But yet we're both very successful and I think we complement each other, but that my scatterbrainness, which is what makes me really good at aspects of my job, is really hard for other people. And I recognize that. And it's hard for me to stay focused. <laughs> All right. This is Linda. Um, I'm going to be the California hippie at the moment. I'm going to take over your role because listen to this statement, which I really like, and it helps me to focus. Present is where your feet are. And if you just simply think about where you're planted at that moment, you'll find yourself almost laughing because your feet are obviously where you are, but it causes you to focus. So it's so obvious, but it, it isn't hard to use as a little mantra to pull you right back into the moment. And then I have another belief, that, which is that travel as lightly as you can. I carried so much when I was younger, all sorts of stuff I didn't need to carry. So travel light, which you don't need in that moment, then don't take it on board. You know what they say, not my circus, not my monkeys. I mean, I be present for what you are doing. So present is where your feet are. We're excited today to share a new sponsor with you, Organifi. That's Organifi, spelled with an I at the end. And they have a delicious line of nutrition and wellness products you'll love. Today we'll share one of our favorites with you, the Organifi Complete Protein. It's a meal replacement shake with 20 grams of organic plant-based protein per serving. It's delicious. And with five digestive enzymes, you feel great without bloating and heaviness. This high-protein shake, I make mine with plain water, aids in weight loss, can be used as a filling meal replacement, has vitamins and minerals, plus MCT oils with healthy fats that can help you feel fuller longer. And Organifi Complete Protein also boosts your immunity. Each bottle has 30 servings. I love the vanilla, and Sandra loves the chocolate flavor. It's delicious, nutritious, and our listeners can get 20% off. Go to Organifi.com, that's Organifi with an I at the end, and use code DYNAMIC. Such a great addition to your health and well-being. That's Organifi.com with code DYNAMIC for 20% off your order. Organifi with an I. You'll love it. I need a pedicure. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) She is ADD, I will tell you that. (laughs) It takes a village. I mean, it takes all of us. And that's why, you know, the beauty of today's show is, you know, 
I used to think everybody's brain worked like mine. I thought everybody thought the things the same way. And that's why it's so wonderful to have all of you ladies um, on today's show, because we are all so very different, but yet we share similar ideologies. We share similar belief sets and, and a desire to improve the world, but we all do it in different ways, just like our voices sound different, like like you guys sound like different musical instruments to me, you know, when you talk and, but we come together with a commonality of, of fellowship and staying present is an absolute requirement for fellowship. I'm going to go to uh, Claire and Claire, I want to ask you about connection and fellowship and, and staying present. Uh, thank you, Sandra. Yes, I could really relate to what you said. I think, in fact, many people's brains work a little like you were saying yours do, jumping from subject to subject. And I think when people first start practising being present that um, you become aware for the first time of how our brains and our thoughts just keep jumping around all of the time. And even though I, I teach mindfulness meditation, mindfulness, and it's incredible how many times through the day I'm not present. So, um, yes, I just love that. One of the things I try and do, at least um, sometimes, is to truly connect with the person I'm talking to and it's amazing. You can, in that moment of connection, you can really give them your full attention, which is a true gift, I think. And, you know, you never know what's, what will make someone's day. It might be as simple as that moment of connection and a smile and that moment of kindness. So it sounds so simple, really. Uh, it, but just reminding ourselves that uh, that connection is um, can make such an incredible difference. Can you explain to me what the difference is between mindfulness and, and being present? Because I hear these terms and, you know, meditation seems to me like I kind of go out in my head, you know, and I'm floating around somewhere, you know, in this like oneness consciousness. So I'm not even present. Like I start getting confused between like meditation, mindfulness and being present, because if you're meditating, are you really present? Absolutely. So with, there'll be lots of different definitions and in some meditations you really aren't present. You're off on a, a beautiful beach or a mountain somewhere. I teach mindfulness meditation, which is really all about being present. But when we're talking about mindfulness, for me the definition is about being present in the moment but also bringing non-judgmental um, non-judgment into it as well so that that for me is a little little bit of point of difference between mindfulness and presence um, and and for instance mindfulness meditation is I, I consider like a formal uh, mindfulness practice where those mindfulness moments of being present through our day is a beautiful way that we can bring um, presence into our day much more so. Um, okay, now talking in, in, I have a point of view about mindfulness and presence. I think 
both are kind of uh, melting, melting each other. You know, it's like you you can to be in present. You need to have some kind of mindset also, um, especially you know when um, when you have a brain that works with so many things. I am this kind of person that I have so many projects and I wish to have the time to finish them the same day at the same time. So it's difficult for me to focus. So I need to put my mind on a state that, okay, I need to go step by step, finish one, then go to the other one. So I have a quote uh, here in my office in front of my computer to remind me that what I do in the moment is, is really what it counts. So it's from Buddha and it says, each morning we are born again. What we do today is what matters most. And it's true. What it was done yesterday it was done. If it was happy, amazing. So I have a good view of that. But what I am doing now, this moment sitting here, talking with you ladies, it's what it matters most. You know, I don't know if I'm going to go out then and something is going to happen. I fall or I go or I just change my, my way of my plan. But what it matters is this right moment. So I, my mind is with you, ladies, is with the conversation. And this is the focus that I have. And I am present with you, ladies. I hope you understand what I meant. We feel it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good, that actually, that's amazing. Because I think that by being present also is that energy, you know, you can, you can feel that vibes. I don't know, it's, it's by feeling energy, sometimes it happens things that, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm going to call my husband and suddenly, boom, it comes his call and he's like, oh my gosh, I was thinking about this. And I'm like, I was just calling you about, you know, to tell you about the same. These connections, I think that these moments when you feel these energies, when two energies or more connect and you are like, wow, that wow is a huge present moment. Absolutely, Monica. Lorraine here. Um, I, I don't know how you, um, how you ladies, if you experience the same thing as, as I do, but I found that there are certain situations where I can be really present really quickly and other situations where I need to practice it a little bit more. And, you know, an example of that is that I'm always really present for my clients. So I've been so you're practicing active listening and if, if you've ever been in a situation where you're working with someone who is truly or speaking with someone who is truly listening to you like not just listening for their opportunity to speak but really listening to you um you can feel it you can really feel it uh -huh. and that's something that i can do very very easily when i'm working but I often don't do it so well when I'm talking to the people that are most important to me. So it's, you know, it's my kids and my husband that will get the, you know, the half listening and the not really present in the mm-hmm while I'm doing something else. And so the, the practice of becoming more present, the practice of mindfulness has been something that I've had to embrace over the years and something that I've had to learn um, and I think, Sandra, you were talking about, it almost felt like there was a pressure to achieve a meditative state or a pressure to achieve this perfect presence. And, and I felt that pressure as well. 
I think with us all being high achievers, we're entrepreneurial, we're we're out there doing our thing, there's a an element of trying to do it right. And one of the things that really blew that apart for me was um, reading Search Inside Yourself by Chad Mungtan. And Chad Mungtan, if you don't know who he is, he is an engineer in Google. And that's why I quite like him because I'm an engineer as well. But he, he's an engineer um, in Google and he developed the program Search Inside Yourself that Google employees go through. And um, he talks about the easy way and the easier way of learning mindfulness and meditation. And I just love that because his easy way is just to sit without agenda for two minutes and just breathe. And notice when your mind wanders and then bring it back. And if that's too tough, then it's to just take one mindful breath a day. So do less than you can. Lorraine, I love that because it's um, less is more in this case. We're going to go on a short break and we will be back. And afterward, we will come back and find out how do we remember to do the mindfulness? Because it isn't difficult. We just have to remember to do it. We'll be right back after these short messages. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Not live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids, his dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachibutophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. 
ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, and we have our good girlfriends, Clara Kurzlake, Lorraine Hamilton, and Monica Beavis, and we're talking about mindfulness, meditation, and when we went to commercial break, Linda brought up a great point, like how do we incorporate this in our daily lives? Now, I have three planners, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I have a fitness like food wellness planner. And in there I write down each day and it sits in my kitchen and I log what I eat. I make sure my, I check off my vitamins, my probiotics, my yoga, um, my meditation. And I do these things called morning pages. I write for like 20 minutes in the morning in a journal and I just dump whatever's in my head that I need to get out. And I get some great insights. It's like, it's a cool, but so I check all those things off in the morning. Then I go into my office, which is down the hall and I have my work planner. And in there I have all my work things. And every day at noon, I have a thing marked breathe because I tend to not breathe the whole morning. And so I sit down and you know, usually from 12 to 1230 is my breathing time. And then I have lunch and I go back in the kitchen and log things there then I have my family planner, which I know starts to get really ridiculous, but it has my kids stuff that they're working on, their projects, stuff I need to buy. And I sit down sometimes with these three planners at my kitchen table going, okay, now I make my to-do list or I make my shopping list and I have, but I can't put it all in one planner because then I start, I go insane. Everything gets all jumbled in my mind. And so if I don't make a point to do yoga, to do my meditation. And then before I go to bed every night, I listen to these guided meditations by Dr. Joseph Gallenberger. They're brain balancing and they have taken my rapid brain craziness like down three notches so that I can get a good night's sleep and I don't feel like Brainiac from the planet Smartron with my head shorting out every night before I go to bed. So all of those have to be logged into my planners. And then if it's not in my planner, it doesn't happen. I'm out chasing shiny hubcaps. I mean, I could spend a whole day, you guys, getting absolutely nothing done, having the time of my life, and then I could come home and not even tell you what I did. I'm going to go to my girlfriend, Lorraine, first, because, Lorraine, you seem to speak my language really well. It might be the engineering background, you know, who knows, separated at birth, but... <laughs> how do you get through your day? Like I have a very rigid regimental planning system because I know myself, I know what will happen. Um, I, I'm, my brain's exploding just listening to your regimented planning system, <laughs> to be honest. I think I would need a planning system to manage the planners. It's the, I, I, I'm quite in awe, to be honest. Um, look, there's, I'm not as structured as, as you are, I I think I would benefit from being more structured, but I definitely need to have some. So so very much like if it's not in the planner, it doesn't happen. If it's not in my Google Calendar, it doesn't happen. So you know my client scheduler is hooked up to my Google Calendar. If I have reminders of things that I need to do, everything goes into my Google Calendar. It's attached to my phone. It emails me, it pings me, it tells me where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And and that certainly is how I get through what I need to get through. But I think one of the, the question before the break was how do we remember to be present? Well, my, I wish that we were on, well, no, actually, I don't wish that we were on video because it's like 5.30 in the morning here. Um, 
but if you <laughs> saw my office, then there are reminders everywhere. So there are, um, you know, my vision board, my affirmations. I have a, a um, poster on my wall that says, trust your instincts. There are so many post-its around my screens that say, you know, I give myself permission and, and breathe. And really my, my habit though, because we know that habits are what makes it powerful and to form a new habit is something that we can learn and need to learn. But really I do my conscious breaths in the shower in the morning and that it starts my day off right. And then anything else is a bonus because I know that if I just get those conscious breaths in, that at least I've done that. And then I can go to yoga and I can spend an hour on doing real deep breathing and I can spend um, my time, I'm Reiki attuned, so I'll go to bed at night and I'll give myself Reiki, which is a form of meditation for me. But I know that when I do these things, that my positivity stays up, which makes my energy stay up, which keeps me in the right space to be able to do all those things that are pinging at me from my phone and my email. So it's starting the day off right with those two conscious breaths, not trying to do too much because I'm, I've got to achieve it. And if I don't achieve it, then it messes with my head. So two conscious breaths in the shower in the morning and anything else is a bonus. That's how I do it. This is clear here. That's fantastic, Lorraine. I love hearing about the different ways that we choose to start our days and anchor in those moments of being present. And I'm a bit like you, Sandra. I've got a couple of planners and do the morning pages and set my day up with that. But I'm just reminded too, one of my little rituals in the morning and going back to what you said, Linda, earlier about being grounded with your feet, mm-hmm. uh, I, that's a beautiful way that at any time I can sort of think, particularly if I feel myself getting a bit scattered and um, a bit all over the place, is just that sense, okay, feeling my feet on the floor, And that brings me right back to being grounded. And one of the things I do in the morning is just to go outside just on the back lawn and uh, feel the ground under my feet. And it doesn't, I don't do it for very long, maybe a minute and um, take in the beautiful smell of the morning. But starting that day with that lovely sense of, of being present and in the moment and then Lorraine, what you said as well earlier about, um, you know, it doesn't have to take very long. Uh, do less than you you need to is just so important just to start with those little moments and um, you can do those little moments through the day then that uh, can make such a difference to how your day goes. Yeah. Hi, uh, here is Monica. I think that Claire was um, talking in the previous section about that, uh, you know, you can get focused when you are working, for example, with your clients or in something that is disconnected from your closest ones. And I think that is something that happened to most of us. Uh, And it's probably because we know that they are there. It's like 
it's gonna sound a little funny, but it's like we kind of take that for granted and we don't think or we don't uh, follow like they need that attention. It happens to me. Sometimes I am doing something, even if it is not with a client, even if it is something ashore in the house and then my husband is talking to me and I'm like lost. He's like, did you just hear what I say? I'm, I'm like, not not there, you know, and my mind is going in another way, the same with our kids. So I think we need definitely to start to learn how to practice that being present with the ones we love the most because because of that reason that they are the one we love the most we kind of take them for granted so when we start to do that i think that the rest also will come along and any moment that is going to come and needs to be present we're going to be there you know i find that women seem to think they can multitask. And I'm one of those who believes that multitasking is a complete myth. Um, and so being present when you're trying to do 20 things at once, haven't you ever talked to someone and they're looking at your phone and, and I just get silent and I wait. And then they look up, they're like, no, no, go ahead, I'm listening. But I don't feel heard. And so to me, that's not someone who is truly present, um, and I and I don't find it. I don't find that comforting. I, I actually feel that okay, you're not interested in what is going on. But I think being not present is easy. Being present is something that takes more focus, and whatever it takes, whether it's simply making your lists in the morning, or I'm actually sort of a hybrid of all of you. I, I plan my morning. My, my beginning and my end only. Because a long time ago, when I practiced what you did, Sandra, when my children were younger, the more I planned, the more, well, they say, when you plan, God laughs. And, and he was he was laughing uproariously at me because I thought I could put everything in a plan and it didn't work. So during the day, but what I had to learn, and I'm still learning and will always need to learn, is to be more mindful of the interruptions. We choose to let the interruptions come into our lives. And when we allow a lot of interruptions to occur or we don't focus on something for a period of time, we find that we're not very productive. And I, I always think back to the day, was I productive today? Because that makes me feel good, makes me feel contented, fulfilled. Did I help people today? Did I add value to other people today? But if we aren't in the moment for at least part of that time. It is difficult to do that. So I believe we multitask, no, we can't, but we task switch and it's still really important to do that. So there's a Zen quote I want to put out here. And when we come back from the break, uh, let's talk about this. And it is very, very short and I'll leave you all to interpret it. We can start now and then continue after the break. And it is this, chop wood, comma, carry water. So we are visiting today with Lorraine Hamilton from Wellington, New Zealand, Clara Kerslake from Darwin, Australia, Monica Beavis from Long Island, New York, Sandra's in Los Angeles, and I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. And we will come back and we will talk about what does chop wood, comma, carry water mean to you? We're going on a very short break right now. When you want to learn more about these amazing guests, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com, look at the guest section, you 
can read all about these absolutely amazing dynamic women. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Just as you need to give your car gasoline or diesel to fuel it, you need to give your body the right kind of fuel also. I am often asked, should I eat before I work out? The answer is yes. Cooper Aerobics Center recommends that you eat oatmeal or another hot cereal, a plain English muffin, toast or mini bagel, low-fat or fat-free regular or Greek yogurt, a fruit smoothie, or a snack bar before you work out. Eating a piece of fruit is a fabulous choice because it is low-calorie, packed with vitamins and minerals, and carbohydrates are the optimal fuel source to consume before a workout. Your body requires carbohydrates, and they are absorbed very quickly. Eating an apple or banana on your way to the gym is a good idea and will fuel your body for the workout ahead. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater and Dynamic Women, and we are talking about the way we work in staying present. And for some of us who have focus issues or for some of us that take our focus issues and turn them into really great careers, there is a concept out there that says multitasking is impossible, is inefficient. And, you know, Linda talked about, you know, the, what did you call it? The wood chopping? Chop wood, comma, carry water. It's a Zen quote. Okay. Chop wood, carry water. I want to talk about this because I, I really don't understand the concept that multitasking doesn't work. I've read the I've read these studies. I I just don't think it's a universal blanket assumption that we can, some of us can multitask. I I feel like I multitask all day long and, you know, am I good, better or best? But I also can't focus on one thing. If I try to focus on just one thing at a time, that is as hard for me, I think, as somebody who doesn't multitask. I just think that they're different. They're different ways of, of doing and being, and we're not all the same. So I'm going to go to Linda Crater. I, I understand what you're saying, and I think some people are able to do multiple things at once or do them in repetition. 
rapidity more smoothly than others. But the science behind multitasking says that if you multitask and are constantly uh, doing multiple things and stopping and starting and stopping and starting, that eventually your neural connections will not allow for the smooth continuity of creativity. And if you stop and think about someone who has a traumatic brain injury, that's one reason why they need to focus on one thing at a time, because our brains work best when we do one thing at a time. So generally, the rule is that you do like things at the same time. So that might fit what you're talking about with multitasking. So if you're going to answer emails and write invoices and things like that, that's one task. Um, it's not changing a million tasks, but when you pick up the phone and it is a constant interruption to what you were doing, you're doing everything less well than if you focused on it or set aside some time for it. So I am of the mind that multitasking is a myth other than doing laundry while you're doing something else. That See, I, I, I disagree because when I am my, my, my most productive and creative and I'm going to, you know, like raise my hand up here for maybe the 0.1% of the population that's brain works like mine does. If I don't have three things going at once, I start to get anxious. I start to get upset. I start to get frustrated. And when I was little, everybody kept saying, you're scatterbrained. You need to focus. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you need to do them in this order. And I'm like, well, but I can do them in this order and it works better for me. And so I'm just going to leave the door open for not everybody's brain works the same way and not everybody's like science might prove it for 95% of the population, but there are like in any statistical variations, there's always a variation. So I'm going to go over to Lorraine Hamilton and see, um, see what she thinks. And then we'll go to Claire. Cool. Thanks, Sandra. So I, I would subscribe to that multitasking is a myth for me and that it is the task switching. Mm -hmm. What I find is that if I switch between too many different tasks, I find my energy drains very, very quickly. Um, that being said, though, I do have a number of different strands to what I'm doing at any given point. So I am never going to be that one path entrepreneur that it says, you know, this is what's that one, what's the one thing you want to be known for? Well, that kind of question just freaks me out because <laughs> I know that I want to be known for more than one thing and I don't want to be boxed into more than one thing. So um, I don't want to be boxed into one thing. So, yes, I have a lot going on, but I believe that I am doing one thing at a time, but I may have shorter spans of time that I spend. So it may look like I'm multitasking and people often think that I am multitasking, but actually what I'm doing is task switching mm -hmm. um, in quite a linear fashion. Does that make sense? It does. That's what I was talking about with taking uh, quantities of time um, that are going on. So I, I think that, San, if you really dissected what you were doing, you could have like two processors. You have a couple of monitors in your office, so they can be doing different things, but that's task switching. 
See, and mine all run together. Like there's stuff going on in my head right now. I'm preparing for different things. I'm preparing for my 1230 meeting. I'm making notes on a, a screenplay that I'm working on, you know, all while I'm listening to you. And it, I think for some of us, it is like having two processes in your brain. It's like one's going on one track, one's going on the other track. And yeah, you can switch back and forth in between them, but they are essentially running at the same time. So, you know, I, I, I'm obviously in the vast, vast minority, so we won't waste any more time on this. But possibly not, Sandra. I think it comes back to you know just knowing yourself and knowing okay. your Agreed. strengths and how to get the best out of yourself. There is no right or wrong. There is only us. And the more that we know ourselves, then the surely the more successful we will be as individuals and collectively. This is Claire here. I'm just loving this discussion and hearing how different minds work. And I guess I'm agreeing with Lorraine as well to say whatever works for you, if you've found, found something that works to, to do that. And going back to Linda's quote, the chop wood carry water, which for most of us would be uh, tasks that we would not like and we would be tempted to do something else while we're doing that, whether it's listen to music or think about something else or think about, um, even think about how, how uh, we couldn't wait for that task to end. But I, what I love about that saying is that if you immerse yourself in that task, you actually find it's not quite as bad. Uh, and it is a way of being present and, um, you know, what, what does, if you're chopping wood, what does the axe feel like and what does the smell of the wood and going um, away from that, okay, um, thinking someone, thinking something else and what can I be doing next, but actually immersing yourself in that task. You know, uh, here is Monica. I, um, I realise that I can do a few things uh, at the time, but for me, eventually it doesn't work because I feel overwhelmed. So it's like, I think Linda mentioned, for some people it's easier and for others are not. I definitely have learned from, from being there and try to do everything at the same time and be multitasking that it doesn't work for me. I have to finish one project or one little thing, then go to the next one. And then by the end of the day, I see, oh, wow, I did a lot, you know, and I did all, you know, what I, by, by timing that I have a little cube also that has even 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and I put a, a timer for each of the things that I have to do according to what I think is going to take the time. But eventually, you know, when you finish your day and you have done few things, you can call it, oh, yeah, I am a multitask, but I am a multitask in a organized, you know, like with order. If, if you know what I meant. I agree. I mean, I just, you know, it's, it's always hard for me and I get really like, you know, snotty over here um, because there <laughs> is a majority and, you know, the majority is the majority, but the majority doesn't always serve the minority. And I really think it's helpful for us to have these conversations because here we have, you know, pervading scientific opinions, but we also have, you know, five different human beings that are, you know, we can be profoundly different in our 
achievements, in our processes, in our goals and desires. So why would our thought patterns be any different? And, you know, I'm just going to say this because I think it needs to be said. Some of the children growing up today, like myself, are given labels because they are different and somehow perceived as deficient. Or, you know, um, people will argue you must hold your pen with your right hand. I was left-handed. Um, so I was forced to, to do right hand and now I can just kind of switch between the two of them, but recognizing our differences, recognizing that what might be labeled as a 1% perceived difference in the way a brain or personality works might just be the next solution to cancer, the next disruptive technology that makes our world a better place. So I really think there's got to be room for all of us. Um, to be the way we are and to be the best we could be. If I had accepted the label of scatterbrained or, you know, on the spectrum or um, ADHD, you know, I've had, I can't tell you how many labels I've had over my lifetime. And my little brother too, he's a NASA rocket scientist. You don't get any better than that. Um, so I just, I just need to bang my drum over here, you know, in defense of the 1% because not giving a pejorative label or having science, quote unquote, prove us wrong really diminishes us as a people. And it's our diversity that that creates our strength. There's my little drum banging. I don't think you need to even bang the drum because I think you made a very good point in that we all are different and that there is also uh, room in the world for a lot of people to do things the way that works best for them. So I find that it, the, the way I interpret up would carry water is that I I couldn't do those two things at the same time. And so that's just my interpretation of chop wood carry water. But I think that we all go through periods of time when we are multitasking, we are task switching, we are doing all kinds of things. And I love the diversity in terms of all of the way brains are such amazing organs and we will yes. never seem to understand them and so why should we i love that some things are still a mystery in this world i have loved this time with you ladies and it's a it's a tough topic and today's show is with lorraine hamilton claire kerslake monica beavis sandra beck and i and you can find more of our shows at dynamicwomentalkradio.com and these women are amazing thank you for being on with us today Thank you, Linda. So Thank welcome. You. So Thank welcome. You. We'll see you again next week with some amazing, more dynamic women. Make it a great week. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. And join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.